This is the Tribune Audio Network. This episode of Eat It Virginia is brought to you by your locally owned and operated McDonald's restaurants. National First Responders Day is October 28th. Show your first responder ID for a free sandwich. There's some pretty good restaurants in the town in 2010. It wasn't anything like it was now. But we developed a culture of yes, and just our only goal was to exceed guest expectations and take that dining experience to the next level. It's episode six of Eat It Virginia. We've come over the five hump mark. Maybe this will be the episode that sounds good. We have date night, we have Chris Staples, and we have the Elbies. Welcome, episode six, Eat It Virginia. Welcome to Eat It, Virginia. My name's Scott Wise, and I'm here with my good friend, Roby Martin. Roby, how are you doing today? I'm good, Scott. How are you? I'm doing well. So well. Huge news this month. Huge? Every podcast in the country is talking about it, and I think we should we should contribute to this global conversation. 100% of the podcasts. I think so. All the ones that I listen to, anyway. <laughs> oh, oh, great. <laughs> Game of Thrones is back. GOT, yeah. GOT, are you a fan? We have never really talked about this before. Ah. I am a fan of Game of Thrones. Oh, yes. cool. All right. So in all the meals that they've served in Game of Thrones, is there any particular food or meal or, or custom around food that you appreciate more than the others? The wine. The wine. You're a Cersei fan? I, I, I think that the drinking is right on point. Is there any uh, parallels between the Richmond food scene and the Game of Thrones and Westeros and the, the, the old families that kind of have risen to power in Westeros as it compares to the families at the Richmond restaurants? I don't know what you're looking for here, but nobody eats people. All right, that's good to me. <laughs> you did see that, right? Where they ate the person where um, in the previous season where what's-her-name served oh, the part pie. of the Frey family, yes, too. Yes, I did see that. That was a, mm-hmm. a classic moment. Very disgusting, but also he, he had it coming. They, do you think so? I think so. You don't think so? I don't know. I, I do like... I will say, in this most recent episode, my favorite statement is when Red Hair asks White Hair what dragons eat, and they say, she says anything they want. Red Hair and White Hair, oh, you're a huge fan. <laughs> huge. Huge fan. <laughs> so this Sunday, Game of Thrones comes back, episode three, should be the big battle of Winterfell. But people can't... What are you, predicting the future? I'm just saying. Okay. You know, I've done my research. Um but folks, fans of the Richmond restaurant industry will have to probably watch that on delay because there's a huge event happening this Sunday night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The LB Awards. Yes. Are you going to stay at home and watch Game of Thrones or are you going to go to the LB Awards? Sadly, we have to be there. We have to be there? Happily, we have to be there. Happily, mm-hmm. we have to be there. What are the Sadly, d- we're missing Game of Thrones. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the Elbies. What exactly is it? I've never been before. So it's dining awards, like all dining awards, local dining awards. It's their eighth year. So that should be fun because a lot of people will be returning for awards. So it's best restaurant, it's best new chef, it's best beer. It's like the Academy Awards for food. It is for us, yes. And who puts it on? So it's done by Richmond Magazine. And we're going to be there doing something. You and I? Yep. Wow. Yeah. Eating, hopefully? uh, I don't know how many snacks we're going to get. Drinking, perhaps? Probably none of those. So we're going to a food and beverage award show, and we're neither eating nor drinking. Yeah, sorry. I drug you. I'm I'm dragging you to this. Got the short end of this stick. Uh, Somebody may give you a snack. 
We do have two people that know more about this than we do here with us today. Would you like to chat with them? Go for it. So I have Eileen Mellon. Is that how I pronounce your last name? Mellon. Because I've been screwing it up all left and right. So it's Eileen Mellon, who is the food editor over at Richmond Magazine. Yes, right? I am. And then I have the ever-lovely Susan Winecki, who is the editor of all things great at Richmond Magazine, correct? That's right. And we're here to talk about the Elbies. So this is the eighth Elbies? Yes. Magic 8-Ball 8. Magic? Wow. I feel like there's some innuendo there. So tell me a little bit about what this is going to look like, what we can expect, what's going on. Sure. So the theme this year is reading into the future of food. And we're taking the show out to Hardywood West. Yes, I know. It is Goochland. But, folks, it's literally three footsteps over the line. Straight down Patterson, 20 minutes, kid you not. So we're taking it to the Cathedral of Beer, which is what I'm calling it, because it is on a Sunday. So that's where you'll be, Hardywood West. And we're going to put up a beautiful crystal clear tent. You're going to enter through that, food, beverage, a little merriment with tarot card reading and astrologers. And then we'll go into the show inside Hardywood West. Who are getting, like, do we know who's up for the awards? Have we put those up? Like, Yes, they are up on our website, all the nominees. And um, folks have been interviewed for the past couple of weeks. Um, we're getting background on folks to supply to the judges. Eileen, you can pick it up from yeah, there. Yeah, I've been, uh, I'm sure a lot of people on this list are sick of my emails and calls and texts. Um, but I've been spending a lot of time, um, I've spoken with, the chef owners for the rising chefs that are nominated, uh, the most valuable staffers. I spoke with them as well as their supervisors, bartenders, purveyors, farmers. I'm forgetting something. But yeah, I've spoken with uh, a nice chunk of these nominees to kind of paint a more vivid picture for the judges. So there's 16 awards, right? Correct. Okay, and they're, they just cover a wealth of things. So how do we get to the 16 awards? Do you just toss a bunch of names out there and hope for the best, or was it a process? There, well, there was a process. You know, we, we assembled a number of the winners from last year, some industry folks, and kicked around category ideas back and forth with this group. Um, what do you think? What doesn't work? Um, everyone was really feeling strongly about focusing on some of the folks who do not or uh, not in the spotlight. And it's really, you know, people focused this year. Um, yeah, sure, we have best restaurant and we have um, best neighborhood restaurant. But, you know, we tried something a little different this year. And um, we always do. And, and one year we'll, we'll, we'll find the perfect mix. But I think it's about, it's about the people behind the restaurants anyway. So I love where this is this year. I mean, the restaurants are the restaurants, but the people working in the restaurants are making the restaurant. It's actually been really awesome to kind of speak with all the nominees because each person I talk to, I learn something new. I've learned something new about them, about their passion for the craft. And it's, it's nice and refreshing to hear people that care so much about what they're doing about the people they're working with, about how much they're supporting one another in that category. I've heard, you know, one of the farmers I spoke with, she said, I've never been more happy to be in a category with all these same farmers. Um, oh, that's heartwarming. Yeah, so beat, beat, beat over yes. here. 
Eileen's always good at making them cry. So, you know, <laughs> I'm waiting like, for that. I'm good. And what, give me the let vitals. Let me get you alone. And yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, I, I mean, I'm easy to make cry. So let's try, like, so vitals on the LBs. They are when? Okay. Sunday, April 28th. And they're at Hardywood West. Hardywood West. And can, are you guys going to give me a ride out there? At this point, the, you have missed the bus. We had quite literally, right, literally. Okay. So, um, so we had a bus option for about what two weeks, three weeks, Couple weeks yeah. and um, at this point, though, we do have lift codes for twenty five percent off for your combined trip back and forth. Nice. And um, the nominees, um, I think um, a lot of them are getting on the bus and coming out on the reserved coach bus, and um, yeah, so. We did the best we could, at least with making that another option. It sounds to get like you made ride. it pretty easy. We tried. I, we I think tried. We really did. Lift codes, bus trips. I think that sounds great. I mean, you're at least trying to get us all out there. Scott and I plan on being there. I don't know exactly what we're going to be doing. We're not going to tell you, but we're going to be there. Um, April 28th, when does it start? Six? 6.30, doors open. And we hope to get the ceremony underway by 8. Okay, perfect. And if I am not in the restaurant industry or I'm not one of you all or on and on and on, can I buy tickets? Heck yes. We'd love to have you. And again, it's astounding how many people from the public actually attend and come to the event every year and are waiting for tickets to go on sale, which that really sort of shocked us that it's become something of an annual community event. So I'm always glad to hear that. And where can I buy tickets? Head to where, well, first of all, I can find you guys at richmondmagazine.com, right? Correct. And there's an, you know, an LB's link that you'll see with a logo. Just click on that. Or you can go straight through ticketstobuy.com and our event is there as well. Perfect. So I guess we'll see everybody that's listening right now at the LB's on April 28th. You're listening to Eat It Virginia with Scott and Roby and Susan and Eileen. Be sure to subscribe to Eat It Virginia wherever you listen to podcasts. I would really like you guys to review us. We got a few. I, know, I mean, I saw them. Mostly positive. Yep. And about our sound, which we're hoping we'll fix. This, this, is, this is the episode. This is the time. The learning curve takes two months. Fingers are crossed. But you know what? It is tough um, to know what you guys want to hear from us or if we're doing anything great. Because currently I just sort of stare at Scott and the guests that come in and hope for the best. So if you'll tell us, A, what you want to hear. Be who you want to hear and see maybe where we're missing or hitting the mark. That'd be great. And while you're subscribing and reviewing, please find us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Eat It Virginia is the handle on all three. Scott, are you doing a lot of dating lately? We're not going there. Yes, we are. <laughs> no, we're not. Yes, we are. Why can't we go there? Roby, you keep me so busy <laughs> with your podcasts and the articles you write for WTVR.com. And just, you know, the, our friendship that, no, there's, there's no time for dating womp, right now. Womp, womp. Sad little dating. Like, so what if you were dating? What would you do? Um, drink wine. So, Scott, Booth brought a wine for you. For me? Yeah. Such a sweetheart. I know. He's what's, such a good guy. What's the theme of this wine? Date I, I, wine? I, oh. oh, really? Do you know something that I don't know? Do yeah, I, do I have I a do. date coming up? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. We'll find out. So this At is Scott underscore wise this on is Instagram. Who, so he's going to give you this bottle, and then you can follow you on Instagram, yeah. and then we can do follow a date. Follow the wine. Yeah, can you tell us about this I'll date have, wine? I'll have a good Scott's story for the next podcast, clearly. This is guaranteed to make the date go well. Oh. Wow, you are just throwing down today. I like it. Yeah, um, 
And it's also good for wine snobs. Uh, so you sound like you know what you're talking about on a date. You Perfect. Sound Lay it like on me. What is it? So what am I, I like spending all the cash now if it's good for wine, no. people that know, and the opposite. Date? Yeah, this is a cheap date wine. Ooh. My so it's going to go kind. well and it's not going to cost a lot <laughs> yeah, of money. That's right. I like it. I'm, I'm into it. Me too. So yeah, sure you are. Details, sir. Details, absolutely. So this is a wine from France. Uh, this is a wine from the region of Burgundy, known for dates. Romance? I don't know. Yeah. No, I don't, so I don't know. If I, deep red. It's not really the most the beautiful wine region, but it's it's one of the best. Uh, but known for Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. But they also grow a second white grape that a lot of people don't know about, and it's called Aligote. What do I see on the label? No, I don't. A l i g o t e. Yep, with an accent. A u. Yeah, got it. Middle school French baby. That's another like way to. It's like the second make the time. Did you guys really just this. roll through French? <laughs> oh, yeah, seventh grade wow. French right there. In unison. I'm a, I, wow. Do you maybe you know more about this Aligote than I knew? Perhaps. Ah, oh, interesting. Keep Experience going. Experienced dater. Um. Experienced dater. <laughs> that's yeah. That's when you start talking about your high school French. That makes the date go really well. Yeah. Right. Um, so I never, I never get a call back. I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> Speak English. <laughs> um, Aligote is a light-bodied crisp, mineral-flavored white wine. So light-bodied, you can drink a lot of it. So this one is about 12% alcohol. That's how the date goes well. Well, yeah, a lot of people suggest a really high alcohol wine for dates for obvious reasons, but um, I don't know. I like to drink a lot. Don't get creepy on me now. Yeah, don't right. get creepy on me. <laughs> so the other thing about Aligote is it's the classic wine that they use in a, in a classic cocktail. Have you ever heard of a Kier? I have not. Mm-hmm. But Roby has. Maybe more famous is the Cure Royale, which uh, uses champagne oh, yeah, sure. and creme de cassis. The Cure by itself is Aligote and creme de cassis. So you can drink this wine in many different forms. If you want to make a pretty pink cocktail, you can, or you can just drink it by itself. I actually really enjoy the idea of a pretty pink cocktail. Look at you, just in case maybe somebody doesn't want to dig too deep into the wine drinking, you make them a pretty pink cocktail on your date. Yeah, absolutely. Can, can we try this wine now? We can, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I forgot this torture. is your date it's we're like talking about. We've got to get involved because like Scott on the table. needs to know. <laughs> is this officially a, d- a date with Booth now? This is currently we're having a date with Booth. Yes, everybody's having a date with that Booth. That could be a whole new podcast. One, one, what is well, coming up? We're going to have Michael Shapps here in a couple of weeks, and we're going to actually have a whole date with Booth and Michael Shapps. That's going to be awesome. fun. Can't wait. Yes. So let's drink this wine. Cheers. And what's this one called again, Booth? Uh, so this is Domaine Billard, a fee. Uh, it's like Billard and Sons. Uh, so it's like a family business. Uh, small winery, and this is the Bourgogne Alagote 2017. And I can come get it for my date at Barrel Thief? You sure can. Or for your date, I guess. <laughs> I <started drinking laughs> He's, so exci- He's so excited about his date, he just yeah. rammed himself into the just, microphone. You drank it all in one sip. I'm a awkward. Yeah, you are awkward. Speaking of not awkward, we are going to talk to Chris Staples and his opening, I can't even get it out, I'm so excited, Fatty Smokes on Eat It, Virginia. So, Roby. Yes, Scott. It's not, it's, not, <laughs> it's not polite to talk about ages, but we're going to talk about ages right now. Okay. Because the country is celebrating a very important birthday. It's the 40th anniversary of the first Happy Meal. Do you remember your first time well, it, I eating feel, a Happy Meal? I got to say this. The Happy Meal is as old as I am. Aww. 
I know. You both age so gracefully. Oh, that's so good. The chicken nuggets still do look good, don't they? Always. So tell us what uh, McDonald's is doing to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the Happy Meal. The same thing I got when I turned 40. A surprise party. They're Ooh. doing a surprise Happy Meal. So what does that entail? Any toys. What kind of toys? Surprise. Right. They're toys from the last 40 years. Ooh, do you remember what the toys were when we were kids? I don't know, but I'm crossing my fingers for a Muppet baby. Was, it, was there an E.T. toy or a Star Wars? That's what I liked when I was a e. kid. E.T. phone home toy? Yeah, that's the one. Oh, Star Wars. Who do you like? In Star Wars? Yes. Han Solo. Duh. Why are you even asking that question? So you want a Han Solo toy? Absolutely. So you do know when you can get one? Tell me. If... If that's the surprise, and I'm not going to spoil the surprise, on November the 7th is when they're going to start the 40th anniversary with all of the surprise toys from the last 40 years. You are listening to Eat It Virginia with Roby Martin and Scott Wise, and we are here today with Chris Staples, who I guess they call you the director of stuff over there at Eat Restaurant Partners. I do have some business cards that, that list me accordingly. So what does that mean? I, my first business card as a director was director of hospitality and marketing, which, ironically enough, sounds kind of stuffy. And <laughs> one day we were one day we were just joking about all the different hats I wore, and I saw that Starbucks had a director of stuff, and this individual did a lot of different things, and they never could decide on what this gentleman did so he just took the title of director of stuff and I said I kind of want to adopt that it does reflect I think my personality and my duties within the company a little bit more and it's lighthearted and fun and you know I kind of like your personality I like to make fun of myself as much as possible I like I like that about you yeah. so let's walk through your background so tell me let's get your trajectory if you will from I don't know Let's start at four years old. Four years old. My father owned a restaurant when I was four, actually, in the South Side. It was what is now ACAC in Midlothian. Sure. It used to be a, just a small tennis club, and he had a restaurant there called Robert's Racket. And I remember going there when I was really, really young, just sitting at the bar, uh, you know, after school. And my father was a great chef, and, uh, you know, he's a he's sort of like that big personality and you know in a lot of ways we're probably very similar my mom uh, was a great cook and ambassador of hospitality for everyone in my family as well so I grew up sort of surrounded by people that love to entertain and host and I think that infected me at a young age I did not study hospitality but I put myself through college by waiting tables where did you wait tables I waited tables at a now defunct restaurant in Harrisonburg when I was at JMU. It was sort of like a Friday's. You're a Duke? I don't think I knew that. I was a Duke first and then a Wahoo second. Oh, well, I'm okay with that. I, I mean, I went to Tech, so maybe we shouldn't oh, wow. be talking. Yeah. <laughs> this interview is over, Scott. Can you take it over? I regress. Can we start over? Yeah, we got to start over with Scott because I don't think it's going to happen. I knew your mom, and I got to tell you, she, she blows everybody out of the water with hospitality. I, I mean, appreciate that. Absolutely. Just amazing. So the two of them together, I would have to assume that Robert's racket was pretty impressive. I think it was a, a local watering hole. Uh, people that weren't members were allowed to come to the restaurant and watch people that played tennis. It had a bunch of windows that overlooked the indoor tennis courts, from what I remember. 
the bartender there was named Hazel, and she used to make cherry cokes before cherry coke was a thing. So like maraschino <laughs> cherries with regular st- Mexican pour, sugar coke. She, yeah, she would pour it into the to the coke. She'd pop the bottle. Uh, oh, so that's I have so a fun. fond memories of that. And I think again, having somebody have that personal relationship with you in that environment is something that meant something to me. Sure. So you moved from that hospitality to your Duke and then your Wahoo hospitality. And then how did you get back to Richmond? Your family was here? Yeah, so I was born here. Our family, the Staples family, goes back to the mill that was on old Staples Mill Road. Sure. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, Staples Time Mill, out. straight Virginia. Time out. I got a ticket on Staples Mill a couple weeks ago. Can you help me out with I that? I can d- absolutely help awesome. you out. Yeah. I ran a red light. I'll send a, I allegedly I'll send a, ran a red light. I'll send a text Scott, message back in time. Hey, guys, do you hear this? Chris Staples can help out Scott on Staples Mill because, you know, he's like an original Staples. Right. And if you need office supplies, I have the connection at, at this store. <laughs> do you know the story of your family back to Staples Mill? I mean, A little bit. In fact, we just uncovered a bunch of really interesting facts uh john staples made hinges for thomas jefferson which is really cool so he does that mean you own the house that yeah I, monticello is actually is yours name. right yeah. that's what i thought all the doors at least i can take claim to you we're coming for you monticello we're just right. going to take the doors and the hinges off because they're chris's It'd be a nice restaurant up there on the, on the mountain oh, perfect you know what right. that's your bed and breakfast that's your i would kill it 18th restaurant for right. eat Right. I want to hear more about your family, though. We're going back to it, because I've got to ask about an Italian restaurant, because somewhere in his family there is one. <laughs> Honestly, that, that's a, you know, there isn't an Italian restaurant, other than my house was an Italian restaurant. Right. Yeah, so half my family is Italian, and the rest is sort of Anglo-English. Um, and I want there to be one, because half your family is, like, 100% Italian. You know, my... It's funny now that my family felt really large just a year ago. Now, you know, things can change, the dynamic shift and things. And, uh, yeah, so the, there's history there with our family. And my mom and her family were from Mobile. So you have two strong cooking cultures, for sure, Italians and then the South, uh, which is probably why I get along so well with Chef Lindsay. We actually are extremely similar people. We have identical tastes in music food um does this where fish comes in because i don't think he likes fish he doesn't but i'm this i'm talking about the stuff that predates fish <laughs> like the 80s oh yeah that's good i'm, I'm down with that we both <laughs> like hollow notes if you don't know this about my co-host or cohort scott wise he's a big fan of fish that's spelled with a ph and so is chris staples we're gonna let them talk about that and geek out in a second i want to talk about how you got to where you are now sure so i Turned 30, and I was doing IT, I was doing sales, I had owned my own company, and I had moved down to Florida, to Sarasota, Florida, just to try to reset things and see what the landscape like there down there would be like. And I got a job working for Tommy Bahamas, the tropical cafes, which are really high-end sort of tourist traps, but really big PPAs, real fancy. We all wore silk pants and silk shirts to work, and ran up and down stairs for 12-hour shifts, and the money was ridiculous. But I knew that I wanted to do that. I decided when I turned 30, I was like, I'm gonna, this is what best suits me. Not office, not IT, not sales, but work all the time, work every day, and you know, make other people happy. That just seemed to vibe with me. 
I was in Florida. I was looking for a management opportunity, and as fate would have it, the first one that befell upon me was a bar manager for Firebirds, Rocky Mountain Grill at the time in Short Pump. Um, I took the job uh, with just a little bit of management experience. I had My father had opened another restaurant in the late 90s in Virginia Beach, a seafood restaurant, and I started out as a dishwasher, and before the, sh- the first shift was over, I was closing the restaurant down, you know, one of those types of whirlwind experiences. So I came and I worked for Firebirds for a few years, and this is around on the time that Chris Sway had his restaurant out in Short Pump, his Osaka sushi concept. Um, he had come back from New York and made the decision that he wanted to be in the family business. And, you know, his family goes deep with restaurants. You know, I think his father owned at one point, I think, all of the um, Baskin Robbins in the city. Uh, Chris and I became friends just because I was a patron at Osaka, and my father and I would go and have a steak at Osaka uh, when he opened the River Road location. I met Ren Mefford in 2008 when he was opening up Sushi-O. He had sort of come into Chris's all-Asian culture and brought in a really strong hospitality piece to it before, I think, when you went to Osaka Sushi, either in Short Pump or in the wet, uh, or in um, River Road, it was just a really nice Asian sushi experience, but the service there was more like order-taking. And at the time, the expectation level was just that. And he came in and brought in, hey, we can grow this business even more if we learn how to, to develop our people, bring in some culture, focus on the guest experience, and, you know, rising tide uh he would come into firebirds and just bounce ideas off of me and i had mentioned to him offhandedly this is ran that if there was ever an opportunity within this was before really it was called eat it was just two almost verge of three restaurants and uh so i guess i sort of planted the seed about a year later the general manager for Wild Ginger was making a move to another location. Uh, they threw it out at me on the eve of a – I was about to move to Boston. I interviewed, and they offered me the job. So I became the general manager of Wild Ginger in Midlothian about 10 months after it had been open. Uh, you know, in the beginning, for me, it was all about how far I could go. You know, I knew I, I, knew I wanted to see how far I could take it. Uh, as I opened up Blue Goat and Fat Dragon, Food Dog, and started to really help mold the direction of the company, which I'm very thankful that Chris and Ren afforded me that opportunity to be a part of that. Uh, I just I started to see that I enjoyed developing people more than I enjoyed developing myself, and there was way more fulfillment out of giving other people opportunities to grow. And in doing so, I was learning and growing myself, which has been the biggest gift that EAT has given me as we have now opened up 10 restaurants. I'm sort of the de facto opener. I'm there with the the new general manager, his team or her team. And uh, I should definitely say her team. We have more uh, female general managers now than we do males, which I'm also very proud of. Uh, We have a very... uh, diverse management culture and that you know that trickles down to our associates of 500 plus associates 
being that you have been in the restaurant industry in Richmond for some time, um, you have seen how it goes. Sorry, my nose is running. Um, you have seen how it goes from order taking, as you said, to growth into something else. Sure. Like, where was that shift, do you think? I think the reason why Eat was so successful is because we are out ahead of that. You know, in, at the, in 2009, 2010, uh, you know, we were coming out of a recession. People weren't dining out as aggressively. And the ones that were, I think you had a great opportunity to sort of set a new tone about what dining out in Richmond was like. I had been down in Florida where you were dealing with a lot of people, a lot of uh, traveling tourists, a lot of uh, people from overseas with a lot of money. And the culture was you needed to be the best restaurant to capture that money. And the Firebirds culture was really good too. And I, I appreciate that time with them. Ren and Chris and I, it was clear that we were like-minded, that we wanted to get out ahead of this. Like, hey, there's, there's some pretty good restaurants in the town in 2010. It wasn't anything like it was now. But we developed a culture of yes, and just our only goal was to exceed guest expectations and take that dining experience to the next level. And the, we built the foundations of EAT on that pretense. That and then that our people are the most important asset. We are a family, and we all are subscribed to the idea that if you embrace what you're doing, you absorb all the knowledge, you, you have fun, that you can take all that confidence and sincerity to the table or that interaction with the guest, and you can build real relationships. It becomes less about money and about the average check and more about the relationship and that experience, and everybody benefits. Associates are way more engaged. They feel like they're part of something. They're not just going to the tables like, you know, you want the blue plate special or you want the beer, right? It's, hey, let me tell you about what I'm into right now. I'm really into this spicy Nashville hot chicken sandwich we had or, you know, this new uh, moy moy bourbon chicken that the chef's cooking at Fat Dragon. It's unbelievable. You're listening to Eat It Virginia with Scott Wise and Roby Martin. And I know, Scott, I can see this question on your tongue. Are you ready? I had a, a, an initial question and then a follow-up question. Okay, I'm ready. Senator, um, <laughs> um, you mentioned, I think you said you were in Florida, yeah. and uh, that's when you realized that you wanted to work all the time and, and be a host to other people. What does that do to you, working all the time and looking out for others? When is, is there Chris time? What, what does Chris do? How has your life changed since you made that decision? That's a good question. Well, I was living in Florida, which is a real beautiful area. I was living in Sarasota and Siesta Key. So every moment of free time I had was spent on the beach. I think that that infected me with a desire to always want to see and do and taste and move around. I do work a lot. Uh, you know, I, would, I feel like six days is a, is a short week, uh, but there, it doesn't feel the same way that it does for a lot of people. So when you decide this is what you want to do, the days of the week just sort of disappear, and the hours of the day lose their typical meaning, right? Uh, you know when it's morning, and you know when it's night, and you typically know when it's the weekend, 
But I often find myself asking, is it Tuesday or is it Wednesday? You know? Again, I I don't think it's for everyone, but when you know it's for you, you just know it's for you. And being, you know, wanting to make other people happy is, I think, the core principle of people that decide to do this for a living it you know i'm not going to say it's selfless because you know becoming a doctor or a fireman or a policeman or a national guard is a selfless act being in the restaurant business is a great way to make other people happy and provide yourself you know a living there's a there's another place where the days of the week and the hours of the day kind of melt, and that's on tour with fish. Yeah, I would imagine that is correct. I told you guys this was coming, so you can turn this off now if you'd like. <laughs> or stay on and be enlightened. Um, so you and I met a couple weeks ago uh, when Hot Chick was opening, right. and uh, we, uh, we learned that uh, we each had a passion for the band from Vermont. What is it about, about the scene, the music, the band that initially hooked you? And then what has kept you coming back all these years? That was a good one. Thank you. I first saw Fish at State Fairgrounds in 94. I was a junior, and between junior and senior year in high school. And I was an aspiring musician. I'm a piano player, guitar player. And the growing up, in a growing up, you can't hear me, I have a cold. (laughs) My mother was a huge fan of rock and roll. She would play Led Zeppelin for me and Queen and Toto. Jackson Brown, Steve Winwood, and I just gravitated toward that, just that, the awesome music of the 70s, and I kind of just skipped over the 90s, and as I was becoming a budding musician, Fish just really spoke to me, improvisational rock, just seemed like something that I could really connect to, and it's also, I'm kind of an erratic, all-over-the-place person, and I think a lot of people might describe fishes that way too. Are you a? Are you a? Do you do one-off like weekends? Do you ever go on tour with them? I did in the in the mid '90s, uh, between like '95 and '97. I did between five and six, seven stints. Show Where stints. is your favorite place to see them in Virginia? Oh, U-Haul was the best place. So that was the. That's where the basketball team used to play. October twenty seventh, nineteen ninety four. October twenty seventh, nineteen ninety four. Is the quintessential fish? Yeah, that's not show. geeky at all, guys. Yeah. Everybody's gone now. Nobody's yeah. listening to us. There Zero are there people. are people that are listening that were at that show, and it'll it'll make the hairs on the back of their neck stand up. Colonel Forbin, I think I remember. Colonel Forbin, Mockingbird, Vibration of Light, we Best Hour Disease so Ever, far. Fried Chicken, Sushi, Fried that's Chicken, for you, Brian Sushi, Fisher. Sushi, <laughs> Fried Chicken. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. we're gonna do another podcast. Yeah, you, we'll come back. I'd love to do a. I'd love to do a podcast. We'll do that, Ruby. I think that you back to you, Ruby. You're listening to Eat It Virginia with Roby and Scott. I have one more question for you, Chris. I got sure. to tell you, I'm super excited you to join us today. So tell I'm me, honored. when you're not eating at your 30,000 restaurants, where are you eating? I am like Chef. I have relationships. He's talking about Chef Mike, by the Chef way. Chef Mike, Lindsay. I have great relationships with the other restaurant groups and, and the chefs in town. And I love showing my support for Joe Sparata. Mike Ledesma, Craig Perkinson, Lee Gregory, uh, Brittany. These are all people that I feel very lucky enough to call friends and colleagues. The best thing about the Richmond restaurant scene, other than having a rich culinary culture like Chef Mike said, but the best thing is that we're all friends. There's very little uh, negative competitive behavior between us. I think we all agree that if we share the same passion and the same goal that we all win. I love Edo's Squid. The veal masala, which is off menu, you can just ask for it. 
is, I think, maybe one of the best dishes in town. You got real quiet there. Guys, he said feel I don't want anyone to go and get that because I'm always there late and it's gone. No one goes to Edo Squids. It's not a busy restaurant at all. Like, no one. So, no one go. But my favorite place to eat, honest to God, is Wild Ginger. And if I had, if I was going to go to the moon and I had one restaurant to take with me, it would be Wild Ginger and Chef Ken Liu. It's a good place to end it. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate your time today. And uh, yeah, you're listening to Eat It Virginia with Roby and Scott. Want more food in your ear? Subscribe to the podcast or find us on Twitter at Eat It Virginia, Instagram at Eat It Virginia, or Facebook at Eat It Virginia. And now back to the show. So are you going to do Richmond Restaurant Week? I know we talked about it last episode. And I'm in I'm discussions to do Richmond Restaurant Week. It, oh, falls, during a, it falls during a rough week for me. Um, but you have dates? No. no. Oh. The exact opposite. Mm. Um, it's also Passover, so I can't really eat I can't really eat bread. Oh. Which is unfortunate. Right. So Poor, poor planning. <laughs> for, for poor planning for you. For my people. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say that. Well, that's coming up. It's the 22nd through the 28th, and it looks like there's a little under 40 restaurants that are involved this year. So if someone has never, let's say someone has moved to Richmond, clean slate, is there, are there a handful of these restaurants that you would say absolutely you must go to? I mean, they're all great restaurants. Let's not, you know, we're not. Well, got, they are. Yeah, so. If you had to pick one or two for somebody. So I, this would be my rule if I were you and you have just moved here. If you cannot eat at that restaurant for that price on a normal evening, like the entree is $30 and you only are, you're paying $29 and some change for three courses, then that is where I think you should go. Okay. But if I don't know, if I'm new to town. Dutch and Company. Dutch and Company. Okay, mm-hmm. that's uh, in Churchill. Though they have a price fix menu you can get almost every night, but the menu for Restaurant Week looks very, very good. Do you recall what's on it? The Perfect Egg is on there. Oh, yeah, you talked about that a couple of weeks ago. I sure did. And you said it was delicious when I asked you why it's the Perfect Egg. Yes, it is delicious because okay. it's perfect. Apparently. How, how can you not love something that's perfect? Any other restaurants? Uh, the Savory Grain. I think you should try this Banana Foster's Cream Puff. I don't anything Bananas Foster I like. And that's on West Street? I wonder if Street. they're going to set it on fire. Um, I don't know. Is that something that we do with cream puffs? Oh, no, with Fosters. <laughs> oh, got <laughs> but, it. But, got it. No, but I mean, a flaming cream puff, I'm for it. <laughs> I totally That could be a good, a good restaurant name, the flaming cream puff. Uh, yeah, that's a, a bakery. You should start it. I'll do it. Just brulee everything. I love it. Savory Green is on Broad Street? It is on Broad Street. Yep, across from the, is that the Science Museum? Yes, in that area. In Children's Museum. Well, Both next to each other, museums. yeah. Yeah, there you go. It's right there. In that I got area. some feedback that we need to do a better job of telling people where these restaurants are. Okay, the Savory Grains yeah. on Broad Street. Dutch and Company is in Churchill. I mean, we just did that. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like going forward. There's a restaurant that also has a soft-shell crab on their menu. Okay, is it a secret? Yeah, I'm keeping it a secret. I don't want anybody to go. So you guys are going to have to go to the menus that we post online to find out where that soft-shell crab is. Did you recently highlight that so- soft-shell crab in your hot list? I that's did. That's published right now on WTVR.com. Yes, so you could actually... St- not have to look at all the menus, though I suggest that you do that and choose your own adventure, but I did tell you where that soft shell is. So if you guys didn't know this already, Roby writes a monthly column for WTVR.com called The Hot List, where she highlights two or three or five or seven uh, restaurants that are either recently opened or may, maybe have just undergone some sort of renovation that are worth checking out this month. So that published today, 
Um, nice. So go check it out when you get a chance. It's always it's always one of our most read articles every time you you send it to us. I like a good hot list. It tells you where you're going to be standing in line for food. So make a reservation. And actually, I'd like to talk about that too. If you do do Richmond Restaurant Week, just make sure that you make a reservation and only at one place. One place per night. Yes. Because people like but to seven places for seven nights. Seven places for seven nights, one place per night. Not five places in one night so you can choose later where you want to go. Do people really do that? Absolutely. What kind of people do that? I d- uh, hoodlums. So what do you think of this new name for Strawberry Street? Remind me what it is again? Scuffletown Garden. So a delicious restaurant is not the first thing that comes to mind when I hear Scuffletown Garden. I know Scuffletown's like the Scuffletown Park is right around there. Mm-hmm. It has some history with Richmond of which I'm not too aware. So I like I like the fact that they're hearkening back to Richmond's past, but the name doesn't sound terribly appetizing to me. I know you're friends with some of the people that I dig that run it. Yeah, I think they're, they're. I mean, I don't know. I can't imagine that they didn't have some sort of reason to. I mean, other than the park is right there, they're, they're going to have to push it a little bit further, I think. Scuffletown Garden. Have you spoken to them since they announced the name? I have not spoken to them. I haven't even reached out to ask. I probably should, but I haven't. But I imagine Jarek Salerno will be like, these are the 15 reasons why we're naming this, and then I'll feel like crap. He's but a thorough dude. He really is. <laughs> yeah, he is. Did we get any questions in our mailbag this week that we need to field? Yes, we're going to talk about the outskirts of Richmond. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay, where? The hinterlands. The hinter, is that, yeah. Across the narrow sea. Yeah, I knew it was coming. So in our version of Westeros, (laughs) which, no. Okay, Ashland. They want to know where to go to eat in Ashland. Okay, so when we pose the question on our Instagram page, we have a couple of responses here. The Iron Horse or Trackside Grill. You just mentioned the Iron Horse. I did, That must be the hot spot. It's been there for quite some time. I, I think I used to go there. A while ago, it's been it's a, it's a steakhouse. Okay, the Trackside Grill. Have you heard of that place? No, go there. Somebody tell me about it. Jake's place is another. Yes, delicious barbecue. Tell me about Jake's place. Jake's oh. place is in an old converted gas station in Ashland. Um, it's family owned. Does their own barbecue. Their pickles are outstanding. All right, you guys got it, Ashland. Oh wait, you oh. need to talk. We they need to go by the caboose. Okay, tell it's me like about the caboose. It's like a wine market. Okay, plus some cheeses and has some small plates. It's been out there for a really, really long time. It almost feels like it should be somewhere else. All right, how about in Petersburg? Tell me about Petersburg, Ooh. Old Town Petersburg. Yes, my buddy Wayne Koval, who is our Tri Cities bureau chief, based out of Petersburg, is always talking up his his town. And does he have a place that he likes to go to? Uh, he likes the Ettrick Deli. That's I think they have a sandwich named after him at the Ettrick Deli. They have a sandwich. I believe named after so. Maybe one after John Burkett as well. We'll have to, we'll oh, have to ask th- about that. That sounds like they're asking for business from you guys, which I like. City Market in Petersburg. Okay. So that was the individuals that owned One North Belmont, which is where the new pizza places that Fritz. Fritz, look at you. Look at that. He pretends like he knows Dropping nothing. The but yes, th- I mean that's delightful. Is it? Upscale, high end, like um, his past two restaurants have been. Would you call it out? No, I mean I don't know. Upscale is one thing, but they have like calamari and sandwiches and fun stuff like that that you should check out. Have you been yet to Saucy's Sit Down Barbecue? Okay, so it used to be just a walk up, and yes, right. I have one hundred percent. Saucy's walk up, and now they're Saucy's Sit Down. Saucy's is good. The walk up is right outside the sit down. It is I've right, and then right next to a delicious bakery. So you should get, you should just walk up, and then. Eat a bakery scent. It's right around the corner, right? Yep. And then you should go to 
uh, what is that little demolition coffee place that's right there? That's like the like a super sexy coffee spot. The Buttermilk Bake Shop is the name it's of a the bake- bakery mm-hmm. right across the street. So you have so Saucy's got- walk up. Mm-hmm. Then you sit, but don't sit down. Go in for nice weather. So walk up to Saucy's and do it originally. Hit the Buttermilk Bake Shop for a sweet snack and c- a couple to take home. And then get your after coffee at um, Demolition. All right. I want to talk about restaurant names. So I'm going to circle around here, Scott. So we just talked about Scuffletown Garden, and you were on the fence about this. Um, and usually I have like a little thing I get upset about at the end of this segment of us just chatting. But this time I'm not going to get upset about something. I'm going to propose a question to you. Okay. So what, I- what does a restaurant name mean to you? We have Hot Chick. and That caused a little bit of controversy. Right. When it opened, again with the same restaurant group as opening Fatty Smoke. Chris, who we just spoke with. Yeah. And then Scuffletown Garden. So instead of me talking about this stuff, I'm going to ask you. Sure. Um, Scuffletown Park to me doesn't sound like a delicious name. It's not like a savory name. It's, it's, it's memorable, perhaps. And it might be, maybe they're establishing themselves as a neighborhood eatery, in which case the people in that neighborhood and the fan will know. What Scuffletown it Park is, the and the garden like, it, is there. Yeah, and that's it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's it's great. Um, in terms of marketing to people outside of that neighborhood, or people who might not know what that means, could be a little tough. But if a restaurant has good food, ultimately, it's not really going to matter. Right, you'll just re- either shorten it to SG, or it'll be just plain old Scuffletown. Right, right. In terms of hot chick and fatty smokes, I mean, for me, they're kind of they're those are more memorable names. It might rub some people the wrong way, whether it's you know they think that they're um, being disrespectful to women, or or they're uh, glorifying a drug culture, but neither of them rose to that for me. How about for you? You're right. The, the name of a restaurant should evoke some sort of feeling behind it, and I actually don't know if it was intentional, but you know, people say all press is good press, so talking about both Hot Chick and Fatty Smokes, I think th- the conversation is a valid one. Do I think that hot chick may or may not be degrading to women? Sure, on on multiple levels we could talk about that. Do I think that Fatty Smokes is a spot where people may not go because it does evoke, I don't know, I mean, is it the white elephant in the room? It it evokes pot. So so would you rather, and I'll end this with that, would you rather go to a restaurant that has a – storage container in the name uh meaning what exactly i don't know like uh cracker barrel ah gotcha um yeah no i mean for me like i said the restaurant's name ultimately it's what the restaurant serves and how you feel walking in i think the name only um, presents a problem if it prevents you from walking in sure i don't want to go to dress barn you know so there you go but once you walk in it's up to the restaurant owner and and their staff to to really make you feel welcome Absolutely. It'll keep you coming back. I'm still not going to Dress Barn. I don't like the idea that a cow has to walk in to buy a dress. And on that note, we'd like to thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to Eat It Virginia on your favorite podcast platform and say hey on social media. Your feedback is very important to us. We'd like to thank our friends at Richmond Magazine and Booth Hardy from Barrel Thief for stopping in. And of course, a big thank you to the very busy Chris Staples. Check out his newest restaurant, Fatty Smokes, on Broad Street in downtown Richmond. Have a great week. Remember you're loved, and when in doubt, eat it, Virginia. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.
This episode of Eat It Virginia was brought to you by your locally owned and operated McDonald's restaurants. National First Responders Day is October 28th. Show your first responder ID for a free sandwich.